Hi, this is Hadassah for Deborah Scott. It is a delight to welcome you back to this episode of Book by Book Bible Study. We are on the book of Acts and today we delve into Acts chapter 8. Let's pray. Dear Father, we ask that as we look at your word, as we read, as we learn, you would open our hearts and grant us understanding. Give us the way, the grace, the meaning, what is really truly in here and show us how we can put your words to use in our daily lives so that we'll bring glory and honor to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, As a quick recap, Acts chapter 7 was the uh, trial of Stephen where he was making his defense and told the story of the Israelites and ended in the people of Israel deciding that they wanted to kill him so they stoned him to death right so let's go into it Acts chapter 8 from verse 1 Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen a great wave of persecution began that day and it swept over the church in Jerusalem and all of the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. Verse 3 But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. Verse 4 But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus everywhere they went. Okay, so um you know what I find funny? Whenever I read this chapter, I'm reminded of how a lot of us as Christians seem to think that we become untouchable simply because we are now believers. If you recall, as we've been going through the book of Acts, it looked as if the Christians were growing stronger, yeah? Jesus had been killed, but he resurrected. He ascended. And then Pentecost happened, and there was this great display, and the church was growing, and everybody wanted to be a part of the church. And people were coming to Christ in their thousands, and, you know, the men of the council, the Jewish religious leaders, it looked like they were afraid of the Christians, but there wasn't much they could do. And it was like these people were just, you know, living their best life, bonding, fellowshipping, brotherhood. And it becomes tempting to think that simply because you have given your life to christ simply because you have accepted his life for yours you've become untouchable but every time i read this chapter it reminds me that we're not untouchable see it's god that preserves is the one who allows things to happen and he allows things to happen for the advancement of the kingdom so it's more than um, this person is now my child. I'm going to keep them physically safe. Remember, the ult- ultimate, utmost is eternal life. So, um, whatever happens here, maybe it spans 60 to 100 years of your life that remains. 
passports, then life here is over and your real life begins because the point of coming to Christ is the real life, the eternal life, not the one here. So in the grand scheme of things, the kingdom agenda is bigger than each believer. And now I'm not going to say I totally understand or accept it. It's just the way it is. And yes, sometimes even I have um, struggles and difficulty coming to terms with it. But it is what it is, the kingdom over everything. God looked at them and was like, okay, so you people are now a thousand. You are now like, you have strength in your thousands and you are gathering and you are choking Jerusalem. But it didn't send them. It didn't send them to Jerusalem. It sent them to all of the world, like the old world. Like it sent them going into all the world. But here they were choking Jerusalem, and God was like, "Uh, what can I do for you people?" And He allowed the enemy to get into their middle, because once they took the the stone Stephen, and nothing happened to the people that stoned Stephen. It's like it's like saying okay these people are plenty but they are fair game and of course everybody scattered and scripture says no that they scattered and they went to the judea and the samaria that god jesus told them to go in the first place that they didn't want to go to right he said wait until you receive power and they received the power but instead of going they decided to cluster and so it, it just brings this thing to for that god uses the good the bad the ugly the unthinkable the miracles every single thing that happens the breath withdraw somebody's bad decisions somebody's good decisions he uses everything to advance the kingdom agenda of course of course he has our best interests at heart when he does this but even our best interest fits into the kingdom agenda and it's just nice to always remember that because without remembering that sometimes some of the things that happen make zero sense but to remember is god who preserves is the one that protects is here that allows things to happen is the one that blocks things from happening and all of it is for the kingdom agenda anyway let's get back to business i mean philip samaria so i'm going to read verse 4 again but the believers were scattered preached the good news about jesus wherever they went philip for example went to the city of samaria and told the people there about the messiah Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Another thing, the good news brings healing, deliverance, joy, and salvation with it. It shows. You cannot hide it. If a person becomes born again, they cannot hide it. If a person turns their life over to Jesus, they can't hide it. And when true Christianity, true faith is in a place, you can't hide it. It will show. It will show. So if you think that you are 
you christian but you are just good at hiding it are you sure you're good at hiding it or you're walking in sin because if you are blending in so much you become one of them i'm just saying yes you have be at, keep peace with all men um you know not everybody it's not everybody you fight with some things don't need to be arguments some things don't need to be debates but if your light is not shining are you sure you a lamp i'm just saying you really should ask yourself anyway back to scripture verse 9 a man named simon had been a sorcerer there for many years amazing the people of samaria and claiming to be someone great everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one the power of god they listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic but now the people believed philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of god and the name of jesus christ as a result many men and women were baptized then simon himself believed and was baptized he began following philip wherever he went and was amazed by the signs and great miracles philip performed when the apostles in jerusalem okay so there's something i want you to note there people are often drawn my father says it this way you get the god you believe in people are often drawn to the side of christianity to the side of god that feels familiar to them of course as a christian as you feed on the word and spend time with believers as you grow and mature and god leads you through life you will discover other sides to him but people almost always start from what is most familiar for simon for example he was used to astounding shows and miracles and so that was a part of jesus that fascinated him the most when he first came to christ yeah so if you are trying to reach somebody connect with somebody or if you find that your mind keeps drawing parallels okay if you're trying to connect with somebody it's is going to be a lot easier if you um, draw parallels between where they are and where God will have them be and where God will have them be and if you find yourself you know drawing parallels between something that you saw in scriptures or something that was taught in church or something you discovered as you interacted with your friends your, you know fellow believers and you find yourself drawing parallels and things like that and things you have always known or belief systems you've held on to something your parents told you or something you knew as a child just know that it's a great starting point it's a great starting point we always start from a point of familiarity so back to what we're reading verse 14 when the apostles in jerusalem heard that the people of samaria had accepted god's message they sent peter and john there as soon as they arrived they prayed for these new believers to receive the holy spirit the holy spirit had not yet come upon any of them for they had only been baptized in the name of the lord jesus then peter and john laid their hands upon these believers and they received the holy spirit when simon saw that the spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people he offered them money to buy this power let me have this power too he exclaimed so that when i lay my hands on people 
they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, May your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gifts can be bought. You can have no part in this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps it will forgive your evil thoughts. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Verse 24, pray for me, Simon exclaimed, that these terrible things you've said would happen to me. After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem and they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to preach the good news. To be honest, I think the apostles were very hot-blooded people, but, <laughs> well, like I said, you start with what you know and then you grow. Now, one thing I'm going to say is this. When people become born again, their old habits and patterns don't always automatically flip. Sometimes they need to be taught, like deliberately taught and instructed and, you know, shown the way like, and said, oh, this and this is correct way to do this. This and that is the proper way to do this. This is rooted in sin. This is rooted in self. So you shouldn't be doing that. Instead, you should be leaning on the Holy Spirit and things like that. And it's one of the reasons why you know whenever you cross paths with Deborah Scott we always encourage you to find a company of believers whether online or in person and associate with them so that you can learn and you can grow sometimes people need to be taught sometimes they need to be retrained sometimes they need to be pointed in the direction of truth to replace the whole habit and culture with Christ-like habits and culture sometimes it's necessary and Maybe some of us have an easier time of it than others. You know, for example, say you were born to a Christian parent and so you grew up, you know, listening to Bible stories. Maybe uh, you even had a Christian literature in the house. So when you were growing up, your exploratory reading, your your moment of, I don't want to read my school books, I'm going to read something else moment was, you know, Christian literature or books about people, you know, characters in the Bible, early missionaries the christian faith so maybe you were really really exposed or maybe you're a curious child i love to read the, read the bible and just you know pick it apart and stuff or maybe for you it was sunday school every sunday you went to you went to church with your parents you heard the sermons you heard scripture or you were in sunday school and um you know some kind teachers taught you about god's word and all of that so some of us have an easier way of it so by the time we do you know um take on god's life god's love by the time we repent and we become born again it's a it's a lot easier for us because we already know these things we just need to rediscover them for some people it's not like that they didn't grow up in church they didn't grow up with scripture they grew up on a different on different set of rules on different set of principles and they most definitely need discipleship. What am I saying? Even those who grew up, <laughs> even those who grew up, you know, with scripture and learning and all of that, even those people, they need discipling. Now, not to talk about those who had zero exposure. So, it would be wrong for you to assume that just because a person has come to Christ, they automatically know what is proper to do. 
they have the Holy Spirit inside them, yes, but it takes a while to learn to hear the Holy Spirit properly, to hear God properly, to listen, to retrain yourself to obey, to pick up Christ-like habits and cultures, to set aside old habits and cultures. Imagine somebody has been living in a certain way for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and then they come to Christ and you think, well, the Holy Spirit does miracles, so I'm not going to say anything beyond that, right? But if a person does not know, please remember that they don't know. And if you don't know, it's okay to not know. The most important part is to learn and to grow, right? Right. So, um, let's go to the, the third section and final section of Acts chapter 8 from verse 26. And as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, that's the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, it was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk beside walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, How can I? Unless somebody instructs me. And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was like this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And as they rode along, they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop and they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of water, the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Like I said, Acts chapter 8 is full of gems. <laughs> like treasures, right? So, let's unearth the treasures. Here, in this um, part, you see a clearer illustration of what I said about starting with somebody on familiar ground. When Philip was going to preach the good news to the eunuch, he didn't start by opening Genesis chapter 1 and going, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He made, there was no need. He started with what was right there in front of them, what was familiar, and he walked his way on. As we go through the book of Acts, you will see more examples of that. As the apostles learned to relate with people, they learned to start with what was familiar ground for both of them for all of them right and then um another big thing in this section is assignments have spans and seasons old ones end new ones start you grow life goes on philip was philip was driven out of 
Jerusalem, wasn't he? I mean, Philip was originally chosen as a deacon, but Stephen got killed, everybody, um, church was persecuted, everybody scattered, and Philip found his way to Samaria. He preached in Samaria up until the time that the apostles came and, you know, um, imparted the baptism of the Holy Spirit on them. And God looked at Philip and was like, okay, we have a flourishing church in Samaria. We have some apostles on ground. You, my dear, are no longer needed here. Time to go. The Holy Spirit sent him somewhere else. And he encountered this eunuch. He did what he was supposed to do. And as it was done, God was like, I still need you somewhere else. Carried him, sent him somewhere else. On the spot, immediately, he didn't even wait. But you find that, again, we're human beings and human beings crave sameness. And I'm not going to lie. As somebody who has been moved from assignment to assignment, I often find myself yearning for the stability and the sameness of you know wanting to be in a place and puts down roots but again when it comes right down to it it's the kingdom agenda it's not about personal wants and preferences too many of us miss god's signs and alerts and signals as to when a season is over when a season is over maybe the rules change maybe the things you're supposed to be doing change so maybe you used to be you know hands-on inside of work and all of that and god is saying to you um i need you to do something else so i need you to step out of this and give this to somebody else so that you can go and serve me there one part of the work is no more important to the than the other but the most important part of the work to you as a believer would always be the one you were instructed to do so if god said you should be organizing it would be fully for you to stay teaching if god says you should be teaching it will be silliness to be trying to lead people you need to focus on what it says you should do sure there will be some secondary responsibilities that will come with the primary one but you should never allow it to you know now flip on you and then you're majoring on the minor and minoring on the major that will it will not do so you need to know when a season is changing Sometimes it means moving locations. Yeah, like actually going from one to another. Sometimes it means some relationships close up and new ones open. Sometimes it means a time of solitude. Sometimes it means a time of bonding. And it's one of the reasons I so much love that passage in Ecclesiastes 3. That talks about time. Let me let me try and um open it so that I can read it for you instead of just you know um inaccurately paraphrasing it ecclesiastes chapter three scripture says for everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven a time to be born a time to die a time to plant a time to harvest a time to kill a time to heal a time to tear down and a time to build up a time to cry, a time to laugh, a time to grieve, a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, 
a time to search and a time to quit searching a time to keep and a time to throw away a time to tear and a time to mend a time to be quiet a time to speak a time to love a time to hate a time for war and a time for peace and you know it's it's just such an apt example and i'm not saying this to say everything is temporary there are some things that last longer than others so as a person of the spirit you are a believer you've given your life to christ one primary thing is that your spirit man is now alive that's the point you're even you have the life of christ in you your spirit man is alive if you're going to live then you need to know that you cannot you cannot um number one you cannot do things as men would so for example this is like long winter years in the world times are tough the economy is funny but you will notice that some people are prospering even in the middle of the economy is funny why because it's not so much a failing economy as it is a world shift so imagine if you are working and you're thinking the economy is hard the economy is hard but god has said it's a world shift but because you were not sensitive to his instructions in that season you did not step truly into the world shift because money does not disappear from the world it just goes from one person to another and it goes and moves and stays with people that know how to steward it to fulfill the kingdom purposes so if you don't know how to move with the times and the seasons and walk in accordance with god's leading you will find yourself on the wrong side of opportunities that should make you more and i'm not just talking about wealth like material wealth opportunities that should grow you will break you opportunities that should mature you will hurt you and i'm not saying that um the fact i'm out i put it there's no growth without growth pains and there can be wounds alongside maturing but if you are not sensitive to the season you will stay in the place of the wound and keep hurting and the wounds will fester and you sort of shrink and grow small rather than using it as you know the pain should have been a springboard for you to expand into more but that is what a knowledge of times and seasons will give to you and so you need to stay sensitive to know when you should be staying and drilling down because sometimes everything is scattering and god is like stay where i put you and you need to stay sometimes everything is scattering and god is like move because it's going to get worse and it's not where i need you to be and you need to move and sometimes everything is rosy and god looks at you and is like hey, move let me give you a case in point our father abraham as in the man was fine his father was settled in haran everything was okay they had wealth they had and i mean a family that had slaves they were obviously not poor and God looked at Abraham and was like, stand up, <laughs> go out of this place to the land I will show you. It was almost like everything was fine. And God was like, nope, Mm-mm. it does not suit the kingdom agenda, so you need to move. What did Abraham need to do? He went. Because when God calls you, go. When he sends you, go. 
and that's what it comes down to you know being sensitive to signs and seasons being sensitive to signs and seasons is not a game of numbers because the numbers will only make sense after you look back being sensitive to signs and seasons is god telling you this is a season to sow and regardless of what you see regardless of what everybody is saying regardless of what is being taught you stay and you sow sensitive to signs and seasons is god telling you this is a time to serve and regardless of what is happening or what opportunities are opening up around you you know to you think you you can blow you've arrived you, you pour your heart and soul into it and you serve as unto the lord not looking at the person that you are serving or the organization or whatever system god sent you to go and serve you serve with your heart and soul knowing that as you serve you grow you mature you become better and it it becomes a seed for you in spiritually as well and so by the time everything comes together by the time your hero's moment arrives you are ready when the opportunity shows up you are truly ready you are ready inside you are ready outside you are ready by this you are ready by the measuring of men but if you keep choosing to be ready by the measuring of men you will miss out on your spiritual timing and sensitivity so the opportunity may come but your heart your spirit is not ready you are unable to seize it and that's how so many people miss their kairos moments sensitivity to signs and seasons that was what made because i mean i i i i find it funny the ethiopian church is one of the most stable and longest standing across the world the gospel went to ethiopia by this enoch so literally god saw philip in samaria doing a particular work and when the time was right he told philip to stand up and go to a so place trusting that philip would move and his path would intercept that of that eunuch he taught the eunuch explained it to him gave him the good news baptized him giving him a solid foundation from which to the eunuch can continue to explore scriptures as he was already exploring scriptures and he left and by that doing the gospel came to africa so the gospel has been in africa before the slave traders of the west decided to bring their slave trade alongside christianity and i find it utterly fascinating throughout scripture you will find stories like this where god will speak to a person and say stand up and go and do so and so and so and things will happen along the way and you will find out that god is the master orchestrator but you if god tells you to stand up and go and do so and so will you go can he trust you times and seasons some of us are so busy clinging he told you to organize one event you've turned it into an annual thing did he tell you to make it annual i know continuity is great sometimes you need to use your intuition if he says go and he has not said stop you keep going but every once in a while you pause and you look back and say am i still on the right path sir because it's important that we keep checking in to make sure that we are not on a fool's errand and we are not running long after he has stopped because if you are running and he has stopped you're on your own whatever your eyes see 
If you go where God did not send you, you pay a transport fee. And I tell you, it's very costly. Very, very costly. So times and seasons, no one to start, no one to stop. And this feels very heavy on my heart because too many people don't recognize this. Some friendships, some relationships need to be tight for a season. And then, once it has accomplished its purpose, it, they need to um, be let go. And I'm not saying you fight with them because this time is over. You, you allow it to go. You allow it to go. You don't pick a fight. It's not for you to go announce on social media. Now I'm cutting X, Y, Z people off. I don't know. It always amuses me, but it is the way it is. Times and seasons. And one final lesson I would like to draw from the book of Acts, chapter eight, is that hunger can start you on an incredible journey. A teacher can help you make the shifts, but without hunger, nothing is going to happen. That Enoch had been studying the book of Isaiah before Philip showed up on the scene. If he was not studying, Philip would not have had any hook to connect with him. So you, where you are, what are you doing? What are you hungry for? What are you chasing? What are you interested in? I pray the Lord will open our hearts to understanding and give us a wisdom to apply his words in jesus name amen have a beautiful day ahead